Welcome to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. Join us in person for worship each Sunday at 9.30 a.m. For more information about Covenant, including discipleship and mission opportunities, visit us at www.covenantpresjackson.org. In my 48 years of life, I spent very little time on boats. About a year and a half ago, I was invited to spend an evening aboard a pontoon boat on the res. At this time, I, I was pretty weary. I was pretty worn down. It had been a busy season here at the church, but, but, but I went. I went with my kids. And we spent the most refreshing, relaxing, enjoyable evening on the water. As we, as we cruised over that man-made lake, we ate supper. Hawaiian music played softly in the background. The temperature hovered right around 70 degrees. And to the, to the west, the sun was setting, painting the clouded sky with brilliant orange, pink, and purple hues. And to the east, in the distance, a storm was moving away from us, but we could, we could see the rain, and we could see the lightning, and we could hear the thunder. We, we were floating between these two canvases of God's creative beauty, and it was exactly what I needed to be refreshed. But that was not at all what Noah experienced on the ark. Now, some of you have enjoyed cruises, traveling to different parts of the world, meeting new people, exploring new cultures, probably eating too much. But that's not what Noah experienced on the ark either. Some of you own boats, and you, you may have possibly endured some challenging hours on the water through, through hazardous weather or through some kind of equipment malfunction. But that's still not what Noah experienced on the ark. Ten recorded generations from our first parents, the world was corrupt. It was full of violence and wickedness and evil continually, both without and within, within the heart. The human heart was corrupt continually. This was the result. This was the effect. This was the culmination of the fall, the first sin in the garden when Adam and Eve disobeyed God. Because sin produces more sin. Sin generates more sin. The earth became full of sin without and within, and God was grieved. And God was going to bring judgment upon humanity, punishment for sin. God was going to destroy his creation, unmake what he had made, wash it clean, start over, except for Noah. God loved Noah. God spoke to Noah, revealing to him that he was about to judge the world, that he was going to send a great flood to destroy the world. But God was going to save Noah, save his family, save pairs of every animal by means of an ark. Now, God gave specific instructions for this boat. The materials, the dimensions, the design, and Noah built it. He built a vessel to carry him through the flood, to save him from God's judgment, to save him from God's punishment upon sin. 
Now, in revealing his salvation, God made covenant with Noah. In other words, God entered into relationship with Noah out of love. God promised to be Noah's God, claimed Noah as his own and would deliver him from this flood. Now, like Noah, God makes covenant with you for he has come to you in person, in the flesh, in love, in Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, you're invited into relationship with the living God. Through Jesus, he promises to be your God, your faithful father. He claims you as his own, his beloved child. Through the death of Jesus, he delivers you from his flood of judgment upon sin, your sin. Through his resurrection, he carries you across the floodwaters of death, carries you to eternal life, forever life with him. And to enter this covenant, you only need faith, faith in Jesus. Faith like Noah. Well, when, when he was 600 years old, Noah and his wife, his sons and their wives, and male and female of every animal entered the ark, and the Lord shut the door. The fountains of the deep burst forth. The windows of the heavens were open. Water came from above, and water came from below. Creation was coming undone. God's judgment on sin was unleashed, and for 40 days it rained. And as the waters rose over the earth, the ark was lifted up. As the waters prevailed over the earth, the ark was lifted up. And for five months, water covered the earth. For five months, Noah, his family, and all the animals floated on a world of water. For five months, they drifted on an endless sea. For five months, they were carried on an ocean of judgment that covered a dead world. And this was not a two-hour refreshing boat ride on the res. This was not a cruise to the Caribbean. This was not even getting stuck on a sailboat in a short-lived squall. Five months on an endless ocean. Imagine, imagine the constant motion, the constant sound of animals, the constant smell of animals, the damp, heavy air with no escape, no relief for five months. At first, day and night probably ran together because there was no sun, just dark clouds and rain, the constant sound of rain, the constant sound of water and darkness for 40 days. Then there was the work of feeding animals and watering animals and cleaning up after animals and calculating rations and servings, not, not even certain of how long you should make the food last, knowing you should probably plan for a while, day after day after day with the constant motion and the constant sound of animals and the constant smell of animals and the damp, heavy air with no escape, no relief. And when the rain finally ended and the clouds broke and the sun shone and Noah could look out, the only sight was a world of water, a vast endless sea with no land in sight, no end in sight, again with the constant motion, the constant sound of animals, the constant smell of animals, the damp, heavy air. At first, none of that mattered. 
After all, they were alive. God had saved them and they were grateful and they were relieved and they were full of hope. But as the hours turned into days and the days into weeks and the weeks into months, never ending time on a never ending sea, the gratitude may have faded. The relief may have melted away. The hope may have wilted. Surely, surely there were days when Noah got tired. Surely there were days when Noah was discouraged. Surely there were days when he felt trapped. Hours when he started to wonder, how much longer is this ever going to end? When will this end? And maybe there were even times when he questioned, where is God? Has he just left us here? Left us here to float endlessly on this end of the sea? Has God abandoned us? Well, have you ever felt like you were just floating through life? Drifting through your days on an endless sea with no, no land in sight? Or have you ever felt trapped? Trapped by circumstances or events surrounding you, circumstances or events that you had no control over? Or have you ever felt trapped by the consequences of your own decisions, consequences of your own actions? Have you ever felt like the, the, the waters were rising around you? Or that you were being pounded by a torrential downpour that just doesn't seem to stop. A downpour of struggles. Struggles with your health, physical or mental. Struggles with age. Struggles with relationships. Your, your marriage. Your children, your parents, your friendships. Struggles with finances, struggles with your job, struggles with, with school, struggles with, with loss, grief. Or maybe, maybe you've watched that downpour happen to someone you know, someone you love. Have you ever wondered, when will this flood ever end? Have the waters prevailed? Where is God? Has he just left me here? Has he just left us here? Now, whether, whether you have been there or whether you are there now or whether you find yourself there one day, listen to verse one again. Listen to verse one again. But God remembered Noah. God remembered. God remembered Noah. Not that he forgot Noah. I mean, he, he is the almighty, all-knowing, infinite God. And he's faithful, faithful to his children, faithful to his covenant. But when God remembers, God acts. God remembered 
and he sent a wind to blow over the earth, a wind to push the waters back, a wind to cause the waters to recede, just like in the Exodus at the parting of the Red Sea. God sent a wind and the waters began to retreat and the ark came to rest on a mountain. The mountains of Ararat. This is a, a, a mountain range in far eastern Turkey. It's close to, the nor- uh, to, to northern Iran. It's in an area known as Armenia. And the highest peak there, Mount Ararat, is over six t- 16,000 feet above sea level. The ark came to rest. It stopped floating, stopped moving. Imagine, imagine the surprise. Imagine the surprise of Noah and his family. Did that just really happen? Are we stopped? Imagine the joy, imagine the relief, imagine the gratitude of Noah and his family. God had not forgotten them. They, 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 after the shock, they all probably ran to take a look at what they had landed on. But when they looked out, they saw that water still covered the earth. They weren't moving. The water was, was receding because they'd stopped, but the earth was still an endless sea. And for two and a half months, two and a half months, the ark sat unmoving on a vast diminishing ocean. And during that two and a half months, Noah and his family did what they'd been doing for months. Feed animals, water animals, clean up after animals. But now surely they did it with a renewed vigor, a fresh hope. The waters were going down. And after two and a half months, after looking out every day for two and a half months, they could finally see the mountaintops. They could see land, actual earth, solid ground a sign of encouragement, God was faithful. And the waters continued to recede. After after 40 days of sighting land, Noah sent a raven. Sent a raven first. Ravens will eat carrion. Ravens will eat the flesh of dead animals. So when Noah sent the raven, the raven didn't return. He knew that it had found food on the mountaintop. The mountaintops were dry. Another sign of encouragement. God was faithful. So when the raven didn't come back, Noah wanted to see if it was dry yet on the valleys below. So he sent a dove. The dove's a valley bird. He knew the dove would fly to low land. The first time the dove came back, the water still covered the land. And after seven days, he sent a second dove. It too returned but it carried an olive leaf. A sign of life below the mountains. Another sign of encouragement. God was faithful. And after another week, he sent a third dove. This time it did not return. The flood was over. God was faithful. Now, when the, when the dove never returned at that moment, I would have wanted to leave the ark. I would have wanted to leave the ark right then and right there. I would have wanted to kiss the ground and, and roll around on it, run around on it for a while, but, but they didn't. They waited. They waited for the Lord. They waited upon the Lord. 
They waited for confirmation. They waited for two months. Two months. Which means they have sat on the mountain in the ark for about six months. After that two months, God spoke to Noah. Listen to verse 15 again. Go out from the ark, you and your wife and your son and your son's wives with you. Bring out every living thing that is with you. Noah had passed through the flood. God had brought him through the waters. Saved him. God remembered Noah. And God will remember you. For he is faithful. Faithful to his covenant. He is your faithful father. So when you find yourself in the flood, when you find yourself floating, drifting, when you feel trapped, when you feel abandoned, or when it's someone you know, someone you love, pray. Pray. And ask your father to remember. Ask your father to remember you. Ask your father to remember the one for whom you were praying. Ask your father to push the floodwaters back. Remind him of his covenant promises that you are his child. And ask for patience. Patience, because he might not deliver you right away. He might not deliver you when you think you should be delivered. Noah was one year in the ark. One year. But while you wait and while you pray, Look for assurances that he may give you. Look for signs of encouragement that he may give you. Open your eyes for ways that God might confirm his faithfulness to you. Look for rest on the mountain. Look for a dove with a leaf. And look for it in your life. Day in and day out. And also hear it. Hear it through God's word. Hear it through God speaking to you. God remembered Noah. And he will remember you. No matter what's going on in your life or around your life, no matter how high the water, you are his through Jesus Christ. And he is faithful. And receive assurance, receive encouragement through the sacraments. The sacraments are, are signs of the covenant that God gives to remind you. They're signs of the covenant that God gives to, to strengthen you in your faith. Remember your baptism. You passed through the sea. You passed through the flood. It's a, it's a mark that you belong to God, that you are his. And so is communion. So is the, the Lord's Supper, which, which we'll celebrate today. When you take the bread and when you take the cup, it's a sign that you have received Jesus Christ by faith. It's a sign that you have entered into the covenant. It's a sign that you belong to him, that he is your heavenly father who saves you, who feeds you. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. He will remember you. 
He is faithful. And when it's time, when it's time, the right time, when it's the right time, his time, like Noah, he will call you out of the flood. He will call you out of the ark and place you on dry land. Thank you for tuning in to Witness, a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Jackson, Mississippi. 